0: Welcome to Eastwind Online this morning. We are so glad that you have joined us. And I know that it's different. We're not joining like we normally do for Sunday school. But I know that this will be a blessing to you today as we can still join together and study the Word online. And today we have a message from Bishop Myers that's an archived message. He recorded it in live in service about two years ago, and it's all about how to be saved the salvation scriptures in the Bible. And I know that this will be a great blessing to you. If you're not saved, this is great scriptures to teach you what you need to do to be saved. And if you are saved, these are great scriptures for you to be reminded of so that you can begin to share the gospel with your neighbors and friends during this time, this special time that we have when people are starting to turn to God like never before. So let's tune into Bishop's Class from about two years ago. I know it's going to be a great blessing to you.
1: Let's all just lift our hands and worship God together. Jesus, we praise you. We love you, God. We thank you for the blessings of the Lord. We ask you to bless this day, bless your word to our hearts and lives, bless all of our Sunday school classes that are going on at this time. We praise and love and worship you, Jesus. Thank you for the privilege to be in the house of God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Everybody say praise the Lord. All right, I want you to turn with me now to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 and uh, we're going to get into our Bible lesson here this is a little bit where we left off last week and I'm going to read verses 40 and 41 to you and then I'm going to launch into our uh, thought for this morning here that I want to talk to you about from the scriptures. The child grew this is after Jesus was born and uh, the previous verses in chapter 2 is all about his birth and about him being taken to the temple and and about Simeon and Anna showing up and so forth. And then it goes on to say that they went back home to Galilee. This is verse 39, and to their own city in Nazareth. Then in verse 40, it says, And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. This is Jesus now as a a child. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. Passover. Last week, we talked to you about the feast of the Passover, and we are not going to deal with that today. But verse 42 is where we're going. And when he was 12 years old, 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast, that is the feast of the Passover, which is in the spring of the year, and it correlates with our Easter time. It's about along about the same time. And uh, verse 43, And when they had fulfilled the days, that is, they had been there the length of time, which is about seven days, as they returned, verse 43, I'm still in, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it, but they supposing him to be, to have been in the company went a day's journey. They thought Jesus was with them. Look at that very closely here. I want to talk to you for a few minutes about that. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey. So they traveled a day's journey with all their kin people and all the people that came from Nazareth and that part of Galilee who had come down to the Feast of the Passover. Big group of people traveling back, not, not in cars, as you well know. They were—they had wagons and horses and donkeys and whatever they uh, traveled with. And uh, they were traveling back, and because of this crowd and their kin, their own kin people, they knew Jesus was not immediately with them. He's twelve years old, but they figured he was in the company with the rest of them. So they went a day's journey without him, and knew not that he was with them. Now I want to talk to you a little bit about. This journey they were taking, and they didn't know He was not with them. Jesus says in one scripture, and it's in John 5 39, I believe it is, where it says, Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life. Don't travel this journey of life without Christ. And this is my point with this particular statement here. Don't travel this journey without Christ. We've got to have the Lord in our lives they thought he was with them and there's a lot of people who think that jesus is with them but the lord is not with them and i'm going to give you some scriptures here in a few moments so you can know that the lord is with you and how we can have that assurance <clears throat> i was talking to a good friend of mine who is a uh who, who was a christian of a de, of a certain denomination and i said are you sure that you're saved or do you know that you're saved he said, well, I, I don't know that I am. I'm not sure that I am, but I hope that I am. I think I am. I said, you can know that you are. When I was a young man, they used to say this is a no-so salvation. No-so. That K-N-O-W. You can know, S-O. You can know so that this, you're saved. And you do that by knowing that you have fulfilled the scriptures and followed the scriptures. And then the Lord puts his spirit and presence in your life. Praise the Lord. And there are certain things that we can know beyond a shadow of a doubt. Uh, I was with a good friend. We were over, in a couple, I don't know, several years ago now. When I've, We've been to Israel, you know, in the last uh, five, six years, twice. And some of you there have been with us on some of those trips. This is one of the trips that he and I were together. This is a guy that owns the tour himself. He goes there probably uh, I mean, about every other week. He goes to Israel and takes a group of people over. He's hooked up with a very prominent University, and I won't even talk about that, or, or college in this nation that's very, very conservative. But we were over there together, and he said, I've been to Mount. We had gone to Mount, uh, to, had gone to Masada. And you grew up on a cliff, that's very high there. He said, I've been up there numerous times. I said, yeah, I've been up there twice. I know what it looks like. Once you've seen it, you've seen it. And he said, how about just hanging out with me down here, and we drink coffee together until the rest of them get back down. I said, okay. So while we were together, I talked to him about salvation knowing that he believed and felt that he was saved but he wasn't sure and so i talked to him about it and i said you you know you can know that you're saved there are scriptures that we can know that are right for us praise the lord and i want to just tell everybody here today you can know that you are saved you can know that now i've got some handouts i'm going to give you is just simply the plan of salvation i'm going to put it on the screen here brother uh, Eddie, you, where is? Okay, he's got it. He's got these handouts. It's very simple. I'm going to show it to you up here on the screen. And uh, let's do it this way. Excuse me. Focus it again. And uh, this is what it looks like: salvation scriptures. Now, some of you, this is old hat with you. Perhaps, maybe not either. And I'm going to point out three things here that's essential for salvation. And sometimes I'm not going to go through these scriptures, so you can relax on that part. That's not our objective here. But I do want to point these out and talk to you about maybe a few of them here. But you can know, you can know that you are saved. Praise the Lord. Excuse me, I'm going to remove my jacket. It's a little warm to me in here. But if you look at this uh the salvation scriptures here. Uh Acts two thirty. Uh, that should be two thirty-eight. Necessity of repentance. That first one says two thirty and it should be two thirty-eight. I'm sorry. Make a change that zero to an eight if you got that paper. Acts two thirty eight says repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. Now my point here in using that verse of scripture is simply that the necessity of repentance is spelled out in that verse. Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus, for the remission of sins. So repentance is essential for the, for, the, for, the, uh, for the remission of sins. So these are things that are necessary for sins to be remitted. Uh, Acts 3.19 speaks about the necessity of repentance. Acts seventeen thirty, God once winked at iniquity, but now calleth all men everywhere to repent. You know, uh, verse uh, Luke twenty four forty seven. Uh, think here. Let me, let's, let's read this verse. I'm sorry. Uh, let's go back to Acts three nineteen. I, I apologize to the people in the sound booth. I'm jumping ahead of you here. Three nineteen, repent, therefore, be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. See, so your sins are blotted out when you repent. When the times of the parishioners should come from the presence of the Lord, 319. And then in 1730, 1730, Acts 1730. At the times of the this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. These are just verses of scripture showing you the essentiality of repentance. I'm going to talk to you in just a moment about repentance. And then, of course, the one in Luke uh, twenty four forty seven. There's another one. There's others. I've just picked out a few of them here. And uh, if you go to Luke 24, 47, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. And so this was a thing that was necessary. What is repentance? Let me just say one thing here. Repentance is not just feeling remorseful for our past or for our sins or for the life we have lived. That goes along with it. But repentance is more than just feeling remorse. Repentance is changing. It is an about face. It is saying, I'm not going that way no more. When you repent of your sins, you not only say, I am sorry, and I'm terribly sorry, God, for the way I have lived, and I don't care how good we all, any of us may feel like we have been, uh, we still need to repent of our sins because we do have sins. There's none righteous, no, not one. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, the Bible tells us. So we do have to repent. But repentance is having a change in our life and a change in our attitude. I have known people who would come to the altar and pray and shed a barrel of tears. That's an exaggeration, of course. And then they would go back here and go back out in the world and do the same thing over again. And then they'd come back and they'd pray again and uh and, you know they just back and forth because as long as they were repenting they thought it was all taken care of it's amazing how some people get an attitude i want god to forgive me but i don't want to give up what i'm doing right. i prayed for a woman one time and she was she was an alcoholic and she'd come down and i said what do you want me to pray for you for and she says uh, I, I want to be delivered from alcoholism i an alcoholic and uh, I want to be delivered from the, the the lust for alcohol. I'd pray for it and everything. Pray it, but she'd keep on doing that. And she came down one time and I said, I'm going to pray for you this time. And I want you to make up your mind that when God takes this habit away from you, that you won't ever touch it ever again. And you know what she said to me? And I'm not telling you what happened to somebody else. I'm telling you what happened to me as a pastor here years ago. She said to me, oh, Brother Myers, I don't want to quit drinking alcohol. I just don't want the addiction. I want the addiction removed, but I don't want to give up alcohol. I said, well, you're not going to, give, you're not going to get rid of the addiction until you're willing to give up the alcohol. And finally, she said, well, pray for me anyhow. So I prayed for her, and it was about the last of it. I don't know what happened to that lady. But I know one thing, she didn't get deliverance from it, you know. But you have to be willing, praise the Lord, to say, God, I want it done now. Amen. I prayed for a woman one time. This is a little around the same line. I prayed for one woman one time. And I said, what would you like God to do for her? And she said, I'd like to be healed. And I said, when? Now, that's a question you can ask people and have to think about it. Because sometimes people want something, but they're not quite ready for it to happen. You know. And when they say now, like, you know, you want the Holy Ghost now. I said, when? And she said, after my my benefits run out. (laughs) Right now, I'm drawing benefits, you know, whatever. And when they run out, then I want to be healed. (laughs) Well, God pray, God love us. Amen. But getting back to the subject of repentance here. Repentance is essential, but it's doing it about-face and saying, God, I won't ever do that again. The necessity of baptism, I talked about baptism last week to a great extent. The verses I have on here, some of them that I talked about are here, some of them are not. This is more the essentiality of baptism here. The necessity of baptism, Acts 2.38, Mark 16.16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, Mark 16.16. Acts 10.48, after the household of Cornelius had received the Holy Ghost. Then Peter commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. I had that on our lesson last week as well. That's why I'm sort of going through it fast. And then 19.5, 19.5, Acts 19.5. This is a very interesting verse of scripture here. If uh, you can give us that one, I'll read that again. Let's back up to about the uh, about the third, third verse, folks. And he found these disciples in Ephesus, and he asked them, uh, are, are you a Christian? They said, yes. They said, and he said unto them, unto what then were you baptized? First thing Paul asked them, how were you baptized? When he found these Christians in Ephesus. And they said unto, unto John's baptism. They were not Christians because they had not yet received Christ. And uh, they said unto him, John baptized. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him who, sh- who should come after him. That is, on Jesus Christ. So believing on Jesus Christ, praise the Lord, was what they had to do from this point on. Now look at the next verse, verse 5 now. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So believing on the Lord Jesus Christ involved being baptized in his name. Everybody with me on that? This scripture sort of, you know, bears that out very plainly. And then we looked at verse 6. It sort of matches up with the. Next one that we're going to be talking about, and that's the Holy Ghost. when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Uh, let me finish up with this necessity of baptism part here. First uh, Peter 3.21 uh, talks about that uh, repentance. the Like figure where unto even baptism doth also now save us. So uh, baptism is the salvation. He was talking about Noah and the flood and the water. And how the, they, the family was saved by the water, not only from the water, but by the water. The life figure unto which baptism also is now saved. Not putting away of the filth of the flesh. You can't just clean up your life only. Right. You understand what this is saying? No, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the res- resurrection of Jesus Christ. You cannot just clean up your life and say, I'm a good man now, I'm going to take care of everything. You've got to get baptized. You've got to repent of your sins. You've got to be baptized to have the application of the blood of Jesus. Last week we talked about the Passover feast, the application of the blood, and how it was done. And we uh, we use that in talking about baptism. And I won't go any further about that, part about baptism. Let's go to the third one here on your page that we're looking at, and that is the necessity of the Holy Ghost, the necessity of the Holy Ghost. Uh, Romans 8 and uh, verse 9 but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He is none of his. You say, well, brother Myers, that's the spirit of Christ. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. There's the one. There is only one spirit. God is a spirit. We are all baptized uh, into one, one, uh, into one with one spirit. By one spirit are we all baptized into one body. So there's only one spirit. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of you. Look at verse 11. This is still in Romans 8. It's only a couple of verses low, my Lord. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that is that spirit shall. That raise up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwell in you. So you've got to have the spirit of God to be in the rapture. Everybody understand the necessity I'm pointing out here. Necessity of repentance. Necessity of water baptism. the Necessity of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Romans, there's two verses. First Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 12. And then we'll also read 14. I appreciate these folks. They're so swift on that up there. Now we have... Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So we have received the spirit of God. And then if we look also in verse uh, 14, um, we're in First Corinthians. Yeah, for, look at the 14th verse. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. I'm showing you the necessity and the importance of having the Spirit of God. You've got to have the Spirit of God, folks, just to live for him. Got to have it go in the rapture. And you've got to have it to to just to live for him, to walk with him. So when the Lord, and it's it's, it's, it's his death, burial, and resurrection. Repentance is death. burial is The Bible says we're buried with him in baptism. Baptism is a type of burial. And then the resurrection. Uh, His resurrection, that us receiving the Spirit of God is a type of the resurrection. That is that we come up out of the water, we receive the Holy Ghost afterwards, and then we have a renewing of our own spirit, and then we walk in a life that is acceptable with God. And certainly that doesn't mean we can't backslide. doesn't mean we can't lose out with God. We can. That's why the epistles are given to us. And the book of Acts tells us how to be saved. The epistles, that is all the letters written, that the other books of the New Testament tells us how to stay saved. So we read those so that Paul tells you to do this, do that, do this, do this. And it's, it's, it's like going to church on a regular basis. It's like worshiping God. It's like having a private devotional time, you know, that we have just talked about. And get in on this prayer. It's a wonderful time to do it now. And it's a wonderful thing to do to be able to read the Bible through. And then also have a prayer time. (coughs) Excuse me. So all of these things will help us stay saved. Praise God. So what we're giving you right now are the things to help us to know what you've got to do to be saved so that we are not on a journey without Christ. Everybody understand where we are here? I'll give you one more verse, this is nineteen Acts 19, uh, 2 to 6. Acts 19, 2 to 6, and we'll finish up with this. And there are other verses of scripture. I have just threw some out. He said to them, "You received the Holy Ghost since you believe. They said, We have not served whether it be in the Holy Ghost. And so this is the latter part of what we read a while ago to you. So the Holy Ghost is essential to be And Then he laid hands on them, and they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, uh, I'm sorry. There, there was... He said to them, Under What then were you baptized? They said to John, the baptism. I got the whole 2 to 6 in that last verse. We won't do that again. We've already done it. Thank you. Thank you, folks up there. God bless you. So I'm going to uh, have you go back to Luke, if you would, with us. Everybody still with me? We're talking about on this journey with Jesus and that the journey, praise the Lord, you can keep that handout. That's uh, give you some good scriptures there you can follow up on. Sometime you get a chance to read those and uh, so forth. Now, I... uh, I want you to uh, look with us in, I'm going to read verse 45. I'm in Luke now, 2, 45. Let me, uh, let, me, let me go back to 44 just a moment. 44, thank you. Let me read this verse again, and one other thing I want to point out to you. But they supposing him to have been in the company went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinfolks and acquaintances. First place they look. That's not necessarily where you'll find Jesus. You know, you can uh, you say, Well, I want to be saved. Let me say something here, folks. There's a lot of people right now out in the world that's wondering what the answers to life are. Did you know that? There's a lot of people out there that scratching their heads. I mean, a lot of them going headlong in the sin and living like they want to live. But there's a lot of people... That's looking and searching and they're hungry and they're wondering where it is. Some of them are quiet about it. Some of them are quiet about it. They don't say much. But in their minds, they are thinking: where, where can I find truth? Where can I find reality? Where can I find the answers to all of this? And they can see things are getting topsy-turvy and upside down and things are getting crazy in some places and some things. You hear more and more about some crazy guy going quacko and shooting a bunch of people and, or somebody trying to blow up themselves and blow up others with them and all that mess. Not just in America, but all over the world, in Europe, you know, Middle East. And so you say, well, the world's getting crazy in all of this stuff. What's, what's, what's going on? And a lot of other people are thinking what some of us may have been thinking. that we say, well, we just need to get closer to Christ, get close to Jesus. But these people are wondering, what, what do I do to get myself ready to meet the Lord or write with God? Or Wasn't there something I used to hear about in Sunday school years ago when I was a kid about Jesus and how he loves me? And, you know, they think about all that. Some moments, I remember my grandmother used to take me to church when I was a kid. And so they are looking for things. And when, if you will begin to pray individually, if you want to win somebody to God, begin to pray and ask God to bring you in contact with somebody that's hungry and searching. And he'll do that. And he'll bring you in contact and you can help that person find the Lord because they're out there and they're looking. Praise the Lord. And these same people may try to find it among kin folks and relatives, but they won't find it there. My good wife, God love her. I. Best thing ever happened to me, I've met my wife and married her. Amen. That's right. And uh, she was raised Catholic. She was raised Catholic. Many of you were raised Catholic. You know, she was raised Catholic. None of her family was saved. None of them. But God just plucked her out of the middle of that family, you know, to be a testimony to them. The Bible says he's going to have a people out of every family, every tongue, tribe, people, tongue, and family. It even mentions family. And I'm just trying to tell you that so that you understand That if you go looking for him in your family, you won't necessarily find him there. She came home from California where she'd received the baptism of the Holy Ghost out there among some Italian people out there. uh, And they were not family, but she came back home and she started saying, I'm saved now. I'm a Christian. I don't, uh, there's odd things I don't do, you know. I don't, uh, you know, I don't go here. I don't go there. I don't do this. I don't do that you know I don't I let my hair grow long women do I don't wear makeup anymore you know they said what happened to you whatever I'm a saved I'm a child of God I'm a Christian or you're whacked out I don't know what's wrong they brought the priest in they brought the priest in they set her down all the family gathered around this is father so-and-so and and he's going to ask you some questions and and she was only what 18 years old 17 18 18 years old I think and they said to her uh, you know uh, they talked back and forth and she always seemed to have an answer for him you know and finally uh, he said I'm going to ask you one question who changed you and she looked him dead in the eye and said Jesus <laughs> Jesus. that's said, put on his hat got his whatever coat and walked out amen walked out and her mother said Honey, I love that answer you gave me. I like that. And her mother was on her side from that time on, you know. Later on, her mother was baptized in Jesus' name as well and received the Holy Ghost here in this church when she did come down to visit. But I'm just trying to point out to you here, you won't always find him among your kinfolks. But he is somewhere that can be found. Everybody still with me here? All right. Look at the next part of that verse of Scripture. I'm uh, reading here in Luke chapter 2 and uh, verse 45. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. And came, and it came to pass that after three days, they found him in the temple. They found him in the temple. Praise the Lord. You know why the temple? Because the temple is where the presence of God dwells. That was where that the Spirit of God was to dwell. And uh, so if you're gonna find him, you're gonna find him in the presence of the Lord, the temple. Now, when Jesus was on this earth, the presence of God was in him and he became the temple of God on this earth. He was the temple. That's why he told them he'd destroy this temple in three days, I'll raise it up. They said, oh, he's gonna destroy this temple. It took us 150 years to build it. Now he's gonna destroy, he's gonna raise it up in three days. He wasn't talking about that, he was talking something greater than that. That's raise up himself from the dead. Destroy this temple. And in three days I'll raise it up. Praise the Lord. But the temple of God was where God's presence always would always dwell. In the old testament, when they built the tabernacle and then later the temple, it was in that holy of holies place where they had the Ark of the Covenant and the two cherubim's angels that was fastened on each side of that holy of that, that ark of the covenant. And uh, it was in the midst of that place, that one place on the face of the earth, where God would dwell. Not that he was not everywhere, but that was his relationship and contact with human race. Praise the Lord. They contacted him from that point on. He contacted them. Uh, so the presence of the Lord was in Jesus Christ. And when Jesus ascended to heaven, he passed that along to you and I. Now, I want you to look with me uh, where will we find Jesus today? Uh, look in John four nineteen with me. John four nineteen. I think I'm... Um, this is when Jesus was talking to the woman at the well in Samaria. Everybody remember that story, fourth chapter of St. John? And uh, the disciples went to buy food and. This woman came up and she said uh, he said to her would you give me water she said you're asking me to give you water i'm a samaritan i'm half jew half gentile and you're a jew and jews have no dealings with the samaritans and here you are asking me for water and I mean, she pointed all that out to him and uh, and then she went on he started having a conversation with her and he started telling her all about it she said he said go get your husband she says i have no husband he said right let oh. you've had five and the one you're with is not your husband and when she was shocked. And uh, <clears throat> she said to her, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. This is the 19th verse now. I perceive that thou art a prophet. And then verse 20, Our fathers worship this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men are to worship. Verse 21, Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the father, uh, worship the father. What? Know you not uh, that we worship for salvation is of the Jews. Verse 23 is where I'm going. But the hour cometh and now is. Verse 23. When the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Now notice the word spirit here, folks. That's a little S. That does not mean in the Holy Spirit. It's not me speaking about the Spirit of God. Notice. Uh where it says, it speaks here about the Spirit of God in the next verse, but it says, uh, they shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. That means spiritedly. In other words, with in our spirit, with life. That is, with life. Amen. They that worship God shall worship him in spirit and in truth. I'm just telling you here right now to worship him with spirit is according to the word of God the hour coming the now is when they shall worship me in spirit and in truth that's not the Holy Spirit that is speaking about our spirit and you're to worship him in spirit that is with life if you talk about a horse you say he's spirited a race horse if he's really alive he's a spirited horse the word spirit is a life and you worship him with life praise the Lord I'm going to read on a little further here uh, he said, you shall worship him in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. Verse 24, and it sort of repeats it here, God is a spirit. Notice the word spirit here is capital letters. That's a, that means that it's the Holy Spirit. God is a spirit, God's spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit, a little less, and in truth. Praise God. So when you come to the house of God, we worship him with life. We worship him exuberantly we praise him hallelujah folks let's don't ever back away from worshiping god with all of our heart and soul and spirit praise the lord hallelujah that we're pentecostal and it's all come about by god filling us with the holy spirit that gives us an exuberance to want to worship and praise god and glorify him and let's don't let's don't let that fall to the ground Let's work, continue to worship him. We've got a morning service coming up. And as we do, let's just worship God and praise him in spirit and in truth. The Father seeketh such to worship him. Amen. And then it goes on to, well, that's the 24th verse. And that is, uh, sort of wraps up that particular verse in John there. Uh, look in uh, Matthew eighteen twenty for a moment. Matthew eighteen twenty. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. So this is the New Testament way of God being and meeting with his people. This is where the temple is. I'll go a little bit further here. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Everybody still with me? And we're winding it up, uh, up here now. 1 Corinthians 6.19. What? This is 6.19. 1 Corinthians. Excuse me. <coughs> Thank you. All right. Uh, 619. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Everybody see that? Which is in you. The Holy Ghost which is in you. Which ye have of God, and you're not your own. For you're bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Your spirit, again, is that small s. So worship God in this fashion. This is almost a confirmation of what uh, Peter had, uh, Jesus had said in that earlier verse of Scripture. And this is in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. If you go back to the third chapter of 1 Corinthians, I'm reading the 16th verse here. 16th verse, this is 1 Corinthians three, sixteen. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God... Him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. So he's saying here that we are the temple of God. Praise the Lord. And this sort of gives us an understanding here of how important it is for us to be the temple of the Lord and that we are full of the Holy Ghost. And the temple is where you will find the presence of the Lord. Let me put a cap on the whole thing that I'm saying here, and that is you've got to go where the presence of the Lord is to find Jesus. It's not necessarily the building here. It's where his people are. Two or three are gathered in his name. There he is. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. If you want to find the presence of God and the spirit of God, and if you want to go where Jesus is, you have to go where his people are. That's why it's important, folks, not to neglect the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is seeing the day approaching. Don't stay away from church. Be in church every service you can. You get a job and they say, oh, you got to work on Sunday. Oh, you got to work Wednesday night. You say, listen, you know, uh, let me think about it. And you go and pray and say, God, I know you can give me a job where I can be in the house of God. And God can help you with those things. But you've got to want to be in the house of God. And then when you come to the house of God, don't do this. And don't do this. Okay, and don't do this. (laughs) Checkbook, whatever Write, 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 write Or diary, diary, diary Don't do all that stuff Jesus, I've come to worship you I'm here to praise your name I thank you, Lord You're worthy of our praise Hallelujah Let's stand together And give God the praise and glory right now Let's thank him for his goodness His glory, his presence And his power right now Would you stand with us together? Jesus, thank you for your many blessings upon us, God Thank you for the privilege to be in the house of God Bless all of our classes that are in class session today. Be with us, God, as we go into our morning worship service, we praise and love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
2: Praise the Lord, everyone. I want to thank you for joining us here at East Wing. You can visit us at www.eastwin.church and our phone number is 321-723-2030. God bless.